0: Everybody, welcome to Inside Situation, a bi weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having inside the agency with our coworkers, our partners, and our clients. I'm Peter Gigisic, head of technology at Situation, and I am joined by my wonderful co hosts, Jordan Person from our new business team. Hi, Jordan. Hey, Peter. And Kevin McCauley from our creative team. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Happy New Year, everybody. Woo! Happy New Year. Happy 2016.
1: We, made it. we did make it.
0: We made it to the other side. Did you guys have a nice holiday?
1: It was so great. It was yeah. really nice. Warmest Christmas ever.
0: Yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah. Kevin, how about you? I really enjoyed it. I was uh, actually telling Jordan the other day that um I this is the first year I didn't send my list to Santa. What? I, I didn't do it. I just didn't have the time. I was devastated. I was like, "All right, no Christmas presents this year." And then I still got Christmas presents. Yeah, he's good like that. It was very weird. So I'm I'm looking more into that. I'm, so
0: all those years you could have just saved that time.
2: I guess. I mean, the whole thing was very suspicious to me, so I've been asking my parents about it and they've been very vague. It's a, I'm sensing a conspiracy.
1: I, Either that or you were just extra nice this year.
0: No, that definitely wasn't it. <laughs> Well, we're so excited to be back uh with you our listeners. Um and and today's podcast is going to be kind of split into two parts. Uh the first part you're listening to right now with the three of us and we want to talk a little about uh, a little bit about some of the things that we've got planned for the coming year. Some uh some updates and some format changes to the podcast based on some feedback that we got from you guys. Uh, that we're really, really excited about. We want to talk about some of the topics that we're planning to bring to you. And then in the second half of the podcast, uh, you're going to hear a, a conversation with myself, Damien, obviously head of situation, and uh, Maria Martinez, our VP of operations, uh, to talk about an exciting change in our office life. Uh, so I'll just tease that right now, uh, and you guys will hear more about that in a few minutes. But first, uh, we you know we got so much great feedback from from all of our listeners about the things that you guys really enjoyed about the podcast that we did in 2015. And we we really wanted to sit down and take a look at how we can kind of enhance the things that you guys really liked, the things that we felt really worked well. And to that end, we have decided that we are going to mix up our format a little bit. We're going to start bringing in more voices from the agency. Uh, I'm thinking back to when we did some other podcasts with our development team uh, and with some of the other folks who do all kinds of amazing things here at Situation those are the kinds of things that you guys seem to really enjoy. So we want to we want to do more of that in 2016. So uh not to fear all three of us are still going to be your co-hosts for Inside Situation, but we might be mixing up the combinations a little bit in coming weeks. So don't get scared. We uh we're hoping to all get together all three of us uh maybe once a quarter to kind of review some of the things that we've talked about and of course, we want to involve this uh this podcast to to best serve you guys our listeners cuz that's why we're doing it. So uh, with that said, uh, I want to, you know, go around the table and each one of us is going to talk about one of the topics that's on our big, huge list uh, for this coming year, uh, and talk to you guys a little bit about, uh, give you a preview, uh, a sense of what those topics might be and why we picked them. Uh, Jordan, you want to start off with one of the topics that you are excited about?
1: Sure. Yeah, I am excited to talk about uh, the characteristics of great collaborators. I mean, here at Situation, I feel like one of the things we always talk about is that we feel like, you know, give ourselves a little pat on the back that we are great collaborators. And I think we are, but I think selfishly in the role that I'm in. I get to see and kind of sit on the front lines of a lot of interdepartmental, like kind of cross collaboration. So I'm excited to kind of bring a group of voices together, talk about what makes people really great collaborators, and what are some of the roadblocks that we kind of put up in front of ourselves uh, for whatever reason that that pose some challenges. So that that's what I'm personally excited about.
0: Excellent. Yeah, it's such such a big part of working here. I agree with you and. and Uh, some almost sometimes even, you know, to the point where, uh, you know, you have to find that balance between just kind of setting walling yourself off for a short period of time just to focus, but then you always have to come out of your shell and kind of come back to the group and come back to, you know, check in with people so that you're not going off in the wrong direction. Totally. That should be a, a great topic. Uh, Kevin, what about you? What's one thing that you're looking forward to talking about?
2: I am very excited to talking about personal communication versus digital processes. And basically, uh, what we're going to look at there is, uh, you know, obviously digital communication has brought us closer together, made collaborating more easily, different places, different times, all that is great. And digital communication these days is beginning to feel more like personal communications, but just the way – how quickly we can talk to each other and video chatting and all of that. But there's still a time and a place for personal communication where, uh, and there's strengths and weaknesses for both in different situations. So we're going to kind of take a closer look at that and look at some situations where personal communication might trump digital.
0: That's very cool. Especially, you know, with more and more folks that we work with, either working remotely or not in the office, I think that'll be an interesting conversation to say, how do you make sure that you always find time for that personal communication, you know, even, even when you're working with someone who may be halfway across the country or on the other side of the world, that's such a, such an important topic. And I think, uh, finding time and the balance for both, uh, is, is key to the success of working, uh, here at the agency. That's very cool. Well, the, the topic that I am very interested in talking about, uh, is, you know, really has to do with how to own something that you break. Uh, the concept in working in digital uh, in working fast like we do and living in beta is that you are not going to always hit it out of the park. Uh, there is always going to be something that comes up there 'll be bugs there 'll be things you didn 't anticipate uh, you know and it 's so funny how you know if you if you launch a project that doesn 't immediately you know it 's not immediately successful it 's amazing how many people start circling to kind of point fingers and become web experts and I think uh, you know, what we try to do is really put forth an idea of how do you learn how to fail quickly? How do you learn how to get back up and keep going? Because that's the name of the game. If you need instant perfection every on everything you work at, this is not the place for you to work. Uh, we learn from our mistakes. We try not to throw one another under the bus. And I think that's really a key, key virtue of, of kind of the way that we try to work. So hopefully that'll be an interesting topic. And of course, we would love to hear from you guys, our listeners, about other topics that you want to hear about That's how we came up with some of these That's how we uh, had some of the shows that we did last season Last season, last year um, And, you know, you can send those ideas to Podcast at situation.nyc um, You know, and we'll Be happy to consider bringing those in bringing those questions and that those ideas Into a future podcast So that's going to do it for the first Part of this week's Inside Situation uh, Thank you Jordan and Kevin so much Look forward to hitting the ground running with you guys Guys, in the next few weeks, and um, we'll we'll talk to you in a little bit.
1: Exciting! Talk Thanks,
0: soon. Peter. Excellent. So now um, we're going to move over to the conversation that Damien and Maria and I had about the upcoming office change. Hey, guys, it's Peter. I'm here at Situation Studios with two incredibly exciting guests. Uh, I've got with me Maria Martinez, the VP of Finance and Operations for Situation. Hey, Maria. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And we have Damien Bazadana as well, president and founder of Situation. Hello, Damien. Hey, Peter. So we kind of teed this part of the conversation up. Uh, We teased everybody a little bit and said that we had kind of an announcement to make. And Damien, I'll hand it over to you to let people know what that is.
3: Well, for those in the office uh, that work here, this is not an enormous surprise as much as to say we are officially moving our offices which is enormously exciting. It is very exciting. And an ounce stressful. <laughs> but, and we've, we've moved a bunch of times over the years, over the past, what, 14 years. Um, this is by far and away our uh, biggest venture, uh, but I would say our most exciting, and um, it's going to be great for the agency on many fronts.
0: How, how many times, how many offices do you count as being offices of situation? Which well, number is this?
3: there was uh, one, two, three. I want to say this is probably the sixth office five or six you know you have to remember that i worked from i want to say 2001 to 2004 i think by myself i may have had an intern poor dude
0: uh
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there was a cat uh, at one point too. there was, there was a couple yeah. cats there was a few things that i did by myself for the first bunch of years i moved around all within the garment district i've not really moved out of this area i've always liked it um and uh yeah so this would be probably your six but we've moved a lot if you, if you when were we this at, be our
1: third move in 10 years
3: Three moves in ten years. Yeah. So our first move, two thousand. Well, the one on Forty First Street was when two
1: thousand seven, top of two thousand seven. All right,
3: two thousand seven, we move into a four thousand four hundred square foot space, which was a huge deal at the time. We bring everyone in. We signed a ten year lease. It was very exciting. Uh, within the first year, we. Filled up the space. We grew very fast. We're very surprised, and it was a little bit scary because I have a ten-year lease. And in New York uh, City, they will come after your families uh, if you try to break a lease. They will, or you're to break your legs. Um, <laughs> so, so your family's, we, legs. Uh, family's legs. That would be fun. Um, and so we did that in 2006. So we moved, and after a year, I had to sublet the space, and then we moved here, which was much larger. This is almost 13,000 square feet, so which was an enormous jump. Uh, and now we're at the end of our term here. Um, we're moving to our new space on 7th Avenue, right around the corner. Uh, roughly the same size space, but built very specifically for where we're going as an agency. So, for example, right now we're on two floors, on that space, we'll be on one floor. All together. All together. Uh, and which I think is great. Um, I think the other, probably the largest difference of this entire move is the fact that we are starting with a big white box. It is empty, scraped to the bone, um, white canvas, and it's literally a box, uh, which means you can start, we've never, I've never had this opportunity to essentially engineer a space based around your needs, uh, and based around where we're trying to head as an agency, which is exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and one of the reasons that we wanted this to be a topic for the podcast was, you know, in in our effort to talk more about really what it is like to work here. This is going to be a, a big change for a lot of people, or, or maybe not. But I think it's an, to your point, it's an opportunity. It's a blank canvas. It's an infinite canvas almost. Um, and, and you know, what are, you've been through it several times, Maria, with this with the situation, you've been through it a number of times. What, are there any, things that are different now? I mean, hopefully it gets a little easier every time, but maybe not. But what are what are the differences between this, this undertaking that we're doing right now with the ones that we've done in the past?
1: I mean, I think logistically, uh, building a space is a whole new ballgame. So we've uh, taken a whole new set of skills we didn't know we needed, uh, just dealing with contractors and, uh, you know, understanding what uh, what we really want and and how that comes to life and, you know, how that's created, um, what the impact is from the, the agency side. Um, but I think we were able with the size of our team and with just uh, the way that we operate, we were able to ask our company what they wanted this time. I think in a way that we, we didn't know how to in the last moves that we had. So I think we got to a sense of what was really going to be important to people as we met into a new space, change can be really difficult, you know, any kind of change, even if it's for the good, um, and I think we're trying to accommodate as much as possible uh, what makes our team happy. And we have an opportunity to do that we didn't have here because we came in to a space that was already built. So I think that's one of the biggest changes and the, the biggest advantages.
0: Were there, Was there something that stuck out at you as a surprise when you put that ask out that, that you weren't expecting when you heard back from the team?
1: Um, Windows, and I know that sounds silly, <laughs> um, but I think the way that it was framed, windows and lighting, and I understand, I mean, all of us thrive on natural light and, and want that, but I don't think I understood how much of a concern it really was, because mm-hmm. um, if you look around our space, we have these Big, beautiful windows, but then if you really look around our space, they're mostly, you know, half covered with shades. Hmm. So it's like, oh, oh, functional light. And what does that really mean and how do we get to that? It's one of the hardest things to achieve. So every space we'd walk into when we were, you know, surveying, it's like, okay, it's a cloudy day. What kind of of light do we have in here? Uh, And I will say this is one of those very rare spaces. No matter what day we go up there, there's amazingly good natural light. And in uh, Hmm. 10 years of looking at spaces, I've never seen... I don't know if you have the. I've never seen a space that looked like that. Yeah. Um. No matter what we put in it, it still seems to to come through. So, but yeah, the the windows focus was really kind of surprising hmm. to me, actually.
0: And and in terms of not just windows, you know that, that people don't have access to, but windows for common areas. I'm assuming and that making sure that as much of that light is enjoyable. Yes. By by everybody. In yes. This
1: space. And then you know if you're gonna go to an open space and people inherently are getting less of their own personal area, so to speak, right? The days of offices and cubicles are kind of gone. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure to make the best spots or the you know the place with the best light accessible to the most people? Right. And then how do we accommodate that on the um, logistics side? How many people have laptops? How do you work in a different space? How do you make it mobile? And you know, I think those are all things we never had to consider before moving, and we've been really trying to ramp up for all year long um, and making some preemptive transitions.
0: Yeah. I mean, just the concept of flex space in general, whether it's flex space within an office or working remotely, you know, everybody, you know, the power of what you can do now in the digital world with lighter and lighter machines or things that can be swapped out. And I know, you know, we're looking at an initiative to get rid of the actual physical phones from people's, you know, it's just a whole different thing than it was 10 years ago, five years ago, even two years ago. So, you know, what, how do you balance uh, you, you know, or how does, how does that new reality change in how you think about laying a space out? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think we didn't have a lot of choices in some way
1: with laying out the space. I mean, that's part of it is when you pick the space that size is right for you, there's some sort of dictation of, okay, you have that many people. This is the only way that you can fit them in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does affect the common areas that so we really thought hard about common areas as well as how do we provide privacy if you can't have privacy at your desk, right. which is, a, you know, we've been watching really intently in the last year and a half about how people behave in our workspace, which we might not have done to the same level. Um, and it sounds a little strange probably, but, but really making sure we're thinking about something that, that, um, our team might not even be thinking about, but noticing where they have to go to make a phone call, has impacted how we've designed this current space, and um, making also making sure those spaces that we design for specific reasons have flexibility. Um, I think that's probably a word I should. St- I mean, that that's also how you design the space. It's got to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Every room has to have not one purpose but four purposes because you're not going to take twenty thousand square feet anymore. So you want to make everything count. So how do we set it up in the most efficient, smart, usable way possible? Uh, I think we think about that with the desks, with the you know, with the conference rooms, with the phone rooms, with the kitchen. Um, we want it to be comfortable. You're there more than you are home, so you want to feel really good about where you are on a daily basis, and it, that's I think the, the overriding concept um, as we move forward.
3: Yeah, I, w- I would add that you know we're we're building a space. I essentially have my name attached to a lease until 2025. So when you think about it from that perspective, how do you build what I'll call an idea factory? Over the next decade, and I think when you walk into the space, you'll see very clearly that it is designed uh, almost against the understanding that no plan survives first attack, right? So it's it's built to be collaborative, movable, flexible, as, as best we can. Um, and you'll also notice it just even it's, it's kind of clear from the design. You'll see all the windows as exposed as we can keep them, so as much natural light gets in as possible. We have the appropriate levels of places where you can close the door and have a private conversation. Again, all feedback, which I have to give to, a tip I had to Maria and team who proactively went out and asked in the beginning, what are the things that people want, right? So uh, I feel like we were able to check the boxes, unlike we've ever been able to do before, uh, before moving into a space to get, um, and understanding what the team was looking for prior to moving in. Um, I would add another enormous difference this time through is we have like what I'd call representatives of the staff very involved in the process. We have uh, between John Howes, who is our, our genius art director uh, in terms of uh, we trust his, his design eye um, and his, his, his amazing taste, uh, in, in alignment with uh, Jackie Lau, who's essentially – um, who's become our interior designer because she has remarkable taste, whether she knows it or not, she's now an officially interior designer. It may, gives me a sense of, of confidence that I have a, a group of people that are representing the interests of the agency, both myself and the staff, that when we all move in there, um, a lot of different people um, were able to had a say in what they're actually seeing. Um, and, and I think that's exciting. That makes me feel a little bit better because I didn't want to go into this process of, you know, I, I granted, I'm probably going to, I'll be there for month, at least the longest, right, uh, out of everyone. So, I, but and so I have my own opinions on how I want things to be, but I also know uh, Jackie, John, and the team have far better taste than I do. So, I'm trying to sort of follow their taste and and move it and and be representative of the staff. So,
0: well, and both of those people that you mentioned, Jackie and John, are, are I think great stewards of the a, a wide variety of people working in the space they're they're managers and they they will hear if people are satisfied with their <laughs> situation so i think you know tapping into to the, those guys as a resource is really smart uh, plus,
3: I would, the other one person I have is also Eileen, right? So Eileen is is uh, also project managing a, a substantial portion of this, but also just like you know her looking at it from just a, an employee happiness perspective of how they're walking through the office, how the communal events will be, and all and all the different pieces that go into it. I got to tell you, when we go there and see the raw space, watching them build this space out is just remarkable to me. The number of people that are involved in this thing. Um, it's just incredible, and the amount of and I, I got to tip my hat to our team. Like again, Eileen, the, the the amount of stuff that they're dealing with right now to put this together is unbelievable. And
0: it, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agreed with that. Eileen is a superhero. She whether she's walking through and measuring things and figuring out it's she's and, and you know it takes a lot of tact. You know, it's, it's, you have to, ha, you have to be able to, I give you guys a, a huge amount of credit for soliciting that feedback because it's, you know, it's, it's much easier to just say, you know, we know we're going to, we're going to do what's best for everybody, but you have to, you know, tactfully, you'll get opinions and you'll get recommendations and there'll be things that some people want that aren't going to be reality. And you have to kind of balance, you know, the reality of the space and, uh, uh, you know, with, with with the wish list and you hope to get as, as close as possible. But I think the collaboration should, should really go a long way to that in, in terms of location of the office. Does that matter Like where we are, where we live within the city?
3: I think significantly uh, for us. And because a substantial number of our clients are in the Midtown area mm-hmm. and we do, we are for a few reasons. Um, well, let's we'll, we'll just talk financially. It makes saves us so much time and money. Think of the transportation and time saved. By being able to walk outside and walk to meetings, um, right. that's huge. I mean, that's really w- one of the key reasons why we're in this area. We're also within walking distance to Penn Station, Grand Central. It's convenient to everything. Uh, we are strategically south of the Times Square area to not be in it. We like the sort of the extra space um, and just the environment. It's a little bit quieter um, here. Um, but yeah, this was picked very. We we had a for us we had a roughly six block square radius. Yeah, I mean,
1: and we looked outside of it, and I, and I don't think you ever came with us, Dan. but when I looked outside of it, I thought, um, there's no subway within four blocks, so from right. an employment standpoint, and just an employee standpoint, you want it to be comfortable and easy to get to, you know, yeah. um, everybody's busy, and they want to get back home, or, you know, you don't want to spend an extra 25 minutes getting to work every day, so I think we're pretty conscious of okay. what kind of transportation is available for our team as well.
0: Yeah. No, I I think you hear so much about kind of the startup culture of like Brooklyn or Red Hook or Greenpoint. But, you know, uh, but I I agree with you guys 100 percent. I think that when you think about it logistically, uh, you know, that you give you you centralize so much the ability to have people who are living in New Jersey or living in Connecticut or living in Brooklyn or wherever.
1: And the cool thing about our area, it's funny, we've moved. Of course, we keep leaving the area as it happens, but
0: every, trendsetters.
1: Yeah, we are. every time we move into an area, it suddenly starts to become something bigger. So our right. uh, last office, you know, the New York Times building got built there and and then the other giant glass structure on 8th Avenue. Um, and now all these restaurants are there. And, and the same thing happened here on Broadway and 7th Avenue. We're going to stay there. It's going to happen while we're there. <laughs> Convinced. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity for change and um and I don't know it's it's like a Brooklyn or a Red Hook in that way is it's these areas are still significantly changing and becoming different um, just different vibes in different places, so yeah, we're trend setters
0: yeah well, be it again <laughs> <laughs> and on some level, something that's I think changed at the organization since the last move you know our our ability to and our team's ability to work remotely we we you know when we talk to our developers you know, Adam and Jeremy, you know, both of them are working remotely for us right now and they come to the office at certain times of the year. Uh, and that's something that you, Damien, have decided you you want to expand as an opportunity to to more of the staff as, as needed. How does that, you know, I guess two questions. Number one, what were the things that led you to make that decision? And number two is the concept of a central office where everybody comes every day. Is that going to be here in five years? Where, where yeah. are we going with that?
3: I'm torn on this. Uh, I think that the reality is we've done like an unlimited work from home policy, essentially, uh, with the appropriate planning. That's really always the way we try to put it. But um, I'm in the camp that I don't know the answer. And I'm a, and the fact that I don't know the answer, I lean towards personal responsibility and trust to the staff. So I think we're all big boys and big girls. And I think by sort of giving the flexibility to the staff of understanding how to work in our environment, whether that's literally in our office or in your apartment is essentially up to you. What I will say is, I do not believe the idea of an office is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm yet to see the replacement of the human connection, standing, staring eye to eye, feeling the room. Um, just there's just a, there's something to the magic of the human touch that just is not as easily replaceable. I, I slept in here. A lot I don't really work from home all that often um, because I feel like feeling the rhythm there's a rhythm to things there's a rhythm to creating great ideas there's a rhythm to building relationships there's just the rhythm of business that I feel like I can't get from my couch but I think just
1: to, to add the I, I don't think the office is going away because um, I do th- you need to be here especially in our environment we're collaborative we really rely on the um, on the team as a whole and just the team vibe. We talk about our culture all the time, and it's it's imperative to who we are and why you want to be here and why you enjoy heading into work every day. I think, and you don't get that when you work from home. You might get more done, right. but that's great, you know, once every month or something. But otherwise, you know, there's there's a lot of fun that happens here on top of just getting to know people, understanding how they talk to you, communicate how they think, um, and we're about ideas. And I think you have to know all of those things in order to put great ideas out as a team. But um, the reason we are designing an office that's kind of like home that's meant to be as comfortable to have a couch, to have a, you know, a big pantry. That's, you know, every girl's dream for a kitchen. I don't know. Or guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> some, I mean, this beautiful kitchen because we want people to be as comfortable here as they are at home. So I, I think we, other spaces wouldn't be doing that. you know, we're seeing it consistently when we would look at built out spaces, everybody's designing in the same thought process of um, making it as comfortable and mobile and, and pro- productive as possible. Cause I think they do want people in the office I think they do want a team feeling.
3: Uh, um, I, would, I would add that the, the, probably the number one thing I hear from people that take a job here or during or like usually on that final interview is they want to be in an environment where they're learning. They want to be around an environment of smart people. And that's what a physical office provides. Now, granted, you could do it virtually, I'm sure, and I do that. That is a part of who we are. But uh, I would uh, the idea of the physical office going away. Um, I'm not making any financial bets on that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that you went. You talked about the responsibility of you know making sure for the people that are working remotely which I think is, it's really half the equation. And one of the things I think we've done a better job of as well is taking the responsibility, knowing some of our employees do work remotely full-time and and as an agency, stepping up little things like when we do all gather into a room, making sure that the people who are on the phone can hear, making sure that we have the best tools in place for real collaboration, the investments in technology so people can remotely squish, you know, I really think we've upped our game and I think it's a mutual responsibility. Uh, and, and I, I, I only, I'm really excited about the opportunity for us to even take that to the next level in the new space is to really think about it adaptable for the people that are there, but also, uh, you know, something that, that conquers those challenges that have always existed of like, well, it's really hard for me to hear you guys when you're on the phone or I couldn't really follow because, of, but I, so I think we've, we've taken big strides toward that and I can't wait to see where we, where we go with that when we're in the new space as well.
1: We've learned from different remote experiences through our time um, I think what we do and don't want to do, what does work and, and how we incorporate our team in that capacity and, and now on the, on the operation side of the business we've been really lucky and I've been fortunate enough to you know be able to get some people in who specialize and I think that's made an impact in how we can work with remote employees. So, I'm, mean, you know, from an IT perspective, having Sho really think at a higher level of how to make them comfortable and part of the team, that's been a big impact because right. before it was, you know, one or two people trying to, to cover all facets of that remote experience. And now we have some specialization. So between Eileen and Teresa and Sho, kind of thinking through their experience um, and their different specialties, I think is also enabling us to do that in a bigger way. I mean, Sho and I are talking about the IT for the next office and saying how do we improve a tunnel or a vpn to make it a very enjoyable experience to work remotely so if that becomes the norm or if becomes more of a reality on certain positions we're not creating stress but i think that that has come from the operations team being able to grow and expand and specialize has also been really helpful in that and i think will continue to let us do more
0: yeah, well, I, you said, you know, when you have somebody who can really be thinking about that as one of their primary job responsibilities is not one of the 20 things they have to do. It's going to evolve and it's going to be something that can really go to the next level. And and I will just say from a technology point of view, you know, the entire world is trying to figure this out as well. So the number of tools, the number of ways to be secure uh, is only getting easier than when everybody had to be, you know, within 10 feet of the mail server. Right. Um, so you know, I just personally, on behalf of the rest of the agency, I want to thank you guys for all the work that you've done to to make this happen. I know from being part of other operational teams at other companies, this is one of the hardest things you can do is to to solve this problem and move your entire fleet to a whole other place. And so, uh, just the, the the sheer size of it, I know uh, everybody. You, you've done a great job of getting us excited, letting us know what's happening, and I can't wait to uh, to see the new space and celebrate in it. And just thanks again.
3: Well, thank you. And thank you to Maria, who's been really leading the charge on making this all a reality, uh, of making the move happen. You know, my hope is that when people walk in, and, and between now and then, we're going to be uh, bringing the staff over to the office to see it. We don't. We want everyone to kind of be part of that process. Right now, it's really just wires and really not the safest <laughs> environment. But my, my hope is that when people walk in on that first day, when we're fully operational, we walk in there, I think when they look around, they are seeing sort of the next generation of, of this company. And I put, you know, many years, you know, I think this is a marathon. I put a lot of years into this company so far, as have many people, including yourselves. Uh, and by I think this represents where we're trying to head as a company. And I, I expect this next decade to truly be the most exciting time um, in the company's history. Uh, and it's very exciting to me. Part of that, even for myself, is like it kind of it gets goosebumpy to see it all kind of come together because it's a big deal.
0: When I'm, I'm sure we'll be sharing photos on our, our social media channels, whether it's our Twitter feed, Instagram of the space as we move in. So our listeners will get a little taste of that, um, you know, so that that's going to do it for this week's Inside Situation. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, if you want to send us any feedback, any ideas for upcoming topics, please send an email to podcast at situation dot uh, Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Peter. And we'll talk to you guys soon.